You know the ick for me is like when I shake someone's hand and I feel oh, like the limp hand? the limp hand. Yeah. Like, oh, and their the wrist. Broken. Yeah. Whether even a woman when they do that, it's like, oh, they like the wrist is broken or like, oh, mm-hmm. I guess the ickiness throughout ick, your whole yeah, body. It's like it chills. Yeah. Like, yeah. Guy, I don't care. You're pansexual. I don't care if you're bi. I don't care what the hell you are. If you're, if, if you're, if, 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 you're, if, you're if you're a guy, learn to shake a hand. It'll go a long way. Yeah, if we're doing a deal together and you shake my hand like that, mm. I feel like I can take advantage of you. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> You just feel like the person's weak. weak. If his handshake is weak or her hand, like their character has to be weak, mm-hmm. which means their mindset might be weak. I can break you. Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the DC Talks podcast. This is episode 56. Man, a month has gone by into the year, man. We're going into February. You know what I'm Shut saying? Shut the front door. Shut the front door, man. <laughs> you know? So we're back in it. You know, we're moving and grooving. DC, how you doing? Doing well, buddy. How about you? I'm doing, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I see you got the green jacket, one of my favorite coats that you have, mm-hmm. you know, tailor-made. I feel like, uh, I'm going to go, like, just won a golf tournament, you know? Like, you won the, the Masters. Masters. Yeah. I should have been putting that jacket on you right yeah, now. Yeah, just put it on me. <laughs> before we put it on, uh, before we record a show. Just put it on. Just put it on. You Get blazer. the energy flowing. Exactly, exactly. Yo, yo, yo. But uh, today's topic, you know, one of the key things that you wanted to talk about today was, uh, this idea of perfection, right? And how there's a lot of pressure in being perfect mm-hmm. in everything that we do. And uh, you coined this term imperfectly perfect. Perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Yes. So I, I, I talked about one of my <clears throat> Chinelli chats as well. Yeah. Just being like, yeah, like, listen, at the end of the day. How do you define this? I find we're imperfect beings, mm-hmm. right? We're striving to always be perfection, but no one so we're always going to fail. And that's part of our design i think at this point yeah we were designed to be perfect beings to live with god the employees but after since our fall from grace we're imperfect and it's always our strive to be perfect but you just take some solace in that like know that we are imperfect like you know and that's that's okay mm-hmm. you know actually like it's almost like in accepting yourself and knowing that again i'm always about pushing your boundary trying to make yourself better mm-hmm. i don't want you to sit back saying well screw this i'm never gonna be perfect and never trying no that's mm-hmm. not what i'm saying what I'm saying is like, you're okay to make mistakes and learn from them and, and build on that. That's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be imperfect in that kind of sense and like striving for perfection. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes that's, us perfectly imperfect. All right. And um, in what ways do societal expectations contribute to this idea of- uh, Being perfect all the time? All the time. Yeah. All the time? In what ways do you see it in your life? Oh my God. Instagram. How many- if you, do you take selfies? Only for myself. Like if I'm like sending something to my family yeah. at a location, but never to post on IG. Though. Yeah. Well, like, for us, I don't do a lot either. Like we do it for the business here, mm-hmm. but you know, these, you've, you've seen how it's affected like young girls stuff mm-hmm. too. They'll take like a hundred pictures and maybe post one because everything has to be perfect. And then they have mm-hmm. filters and then they do this and have, everything has to be, and then he's perfect in every aspect of it before they even post. And if they don't get enough likes, they take it down and it's, mm-hmm. It's just, I'm just using that as one as example. An example. Yeah. But then even how they portray themselves on social media, like, oh, we have to have a perfect relationship mm-hmm. and have to have a perfect dog and have to have a perfect son and everything needs to be perfect. And it's like, that's not real life. Like, I think the saying was going, uh, for those, those couples you think have a perfect relationship, probably have the worst, like on, on social media, probably have the worst relationship, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's become so fake. You know, like you're always worried about what other people think and save you as opposed to actually worry about what's happening right in front of you. Yeah, there's even that one Drake song, right? He talks about how 
there's that one girl who's always looking as if she's on the go. So she's always in Italy. She's in Spain. She's in Morocco. She's like living this perfect life. But you never know, like she might be in credit card debt, mm-hmm. just like to finance all those different things. So we're like living double lives in a majority. Or the other sect is like, we know other ones that date a lot of older men just to get those things. Oh, DC, they go to Dubai. Yeah. (laughs) And then you have a hollow, shallow life. And it's like, sure. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, at the end of the day, like you're basically selling your body to go on yachts and trips on that too. Like, is that perfect? Is that the life you want to do? Like, Mm -hmm. to me, that is, to me, that's not a life to Mm -hmm. live. So let's look at you, right? Perfectly. (laughs) <laughs> the dc talks man yeah no, just so kidding. share your experiences with the perfectly imperfect um in terms of let's say your career uh being a realtor um, we fail all the time all realtors fail all the time all the time mm. and then like for and example this like, a lot of real estate too yeah like this is like, perfect i remember seeing like just remember back in the day like not even back that far long ago when there was multiple offers on a home and i'm using this one example and it's like well, like you agents must love this. I'm like, I went on an, I want an offer presentation. There was 63 other offers, right? You failed that night. Only one person's winning. Mm-hmm. So 62 of us had to put our tail between our legs and fail on it. Try to figure out what to do the next time. Right. It would just, and other people are like, Oh, you must love this, this market. We, we hated that market because some of us couldn't feed our families because of that. So it's like the, the perception of like, Oh, the market's great. You must love this. And like, that's a perfect world. I'm like, no, oh, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. No, but failing in the sense in our, in our real estate too, it'd be like, yeah, like not getting a deal or losing a client and, and then learning from it. It's like, okay, like, why did I lose this client? What did I not do? And like, there's still times over here. Where you're like, talk like, is there something going to do differently? It's also open up communications, mm-hmm. you know, Every time we fail, like, again, that's, that goes from like not winning a bid on a house or losing a, a, a listing presentation. You remember we talked about what a listing presentation yep. is? Yeah. Yep. So a bunch of realtors line up basically and they give their listing presentation and only one of them gets to list the home. So if you don't win on that, I'm like, well, what did I lose on that? And you try to get some positive feedback. It doesn't happen as often to me anymore, but it still happens, you know, and it's mm. like, okay, there's, there's certain things I could change from it. That's perfectly imperfect. Like I'm mm. not perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get a hundred percent of the listings I have, of, I go up for, I'm not going to get hundred percent of the buyers. It's just, you're not, when I put an offer in a house, I'm not going to get it a hundred percent of the time. You have to work at it. Yeah. Mean, like in a whole new skills. What does it work on both sides? So yeah. And then with parenting, fuck, there's no <laughs> parents out there. There's no, like, there's, there's no, no guidebook. Way. Like, like, you gotta you know, learn on the go. Oh yeah. Things change so rapidly. Like, and growing up with girls too, like, my family was boys, right? Boys, yeah, you and your So brothers. Natalie has to teach me stuff about girls all the time. Mm-hmm. Can't say that to your daughters. Mm-hmm. Say what? I'm like, like the things that we would say to our brothers and stuff too. And it's like, well, females take that a little more hard. You know, like, like, like when we're trying to be direct at certain things and Natalie's like, you can't say that stuff. I'm like, like what? Or if I'm like trying to hug my daughters and they say, no, no, stop. And I'm just thinking it's a joke. She's like, no, you have to actually stop. And I'm like, what well, do you like? We're just joking around. It's like, I'm, I'm there to comfort. I'm like, they have to realize that no means no. And then when it comes to, you don't want to get them in a situation where they're with, if something ever happens, God forbid, yeah, you know, that they want to make sure that no means no, they know that the person's going to stop. And if they don't, then it's rapes. You know what I mean? Like those kind of awkward situations. Never have to think about that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like learning all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, you're perfectly imperfect. You're going to fail and that's okay. Yeah. Stop trying to be, stop beating yourself up if we're not being perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But also don't, 
don't be perfectly imperfect. Don't be perfectly failing all the time just to say like, what's the word oh, I'm looking for? You know, try you, not to be like, just fail, just to fail. You just as a crutch of like, oh yeah, I'm imperfect yeah. so I can fail. Right. Like knowingly, it's like you're, you're, you're pleading ignorance to something that yeah. you already know that you shouldn't be doing. Like, yeah. hey, I made that mistake before, but doesn't mean just because I know I'm imperfect that means I should knowingly mm-hmm. be okay with making that mistake again. Like I dated a girl in, in university and when me and Natalie were dating beforehand, like we were competitive, we, sports, mm-hmm. cards, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, always, we're still competitive. Even yeah. like you know, we played board game with our kids last night. And it was funny because I remember if I was winning, she would just give up and I'm like, oh, she's like, well, you're going to beat me anyway. And I was like, this is not saying that? No, no. This is the girl I dated. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. That's why I knew it was going to work out. Yeah. You know, I'm like, no, you got to, you gotta, you gotta try. Fight. You gotta fight. You gotta try. Like it just, of course, I'm bigger and stronger than you, but it doesn't mean like you just give up. Yeah. How are you gonna win anyway? Yeah. What that, kind of that, attitude is that? That defeatist mindset. Oh just, yeah. It gives, you know how girls these days say they give me things guys do give me the ick. Have you heard that? No. So well, uh, yeah, I think I think there's a passing, trend. Yeah. There's a trend going now, like things that give girls the ick. So for example, like an <laughs> ick is let's say you and I are playing beer pong, and uh, the ball falls on the ground. And you know how a ping pong ball is like very uncontrollable. It's yeah. a, it's you know it's not predictable. You don't know yeah, where it's going to bounce, bounce there, yeah. So a guy like chasing the ping pong ball around, and then you know they're kind of bending over. You kind of see their ass crack. It gives the girls the ick, right? So that's a long <laughs> explanation. You couldn't just had a plumber going to fix a cry, and then you see his crack. No, no, but just the idea of you chasing the ping pong ball around. Oh, okay. it's just like what are you doing? Just relax. You don't have to chase it. Another ick I saw was this girl who says. You know, when a guy wakes up and he looks confused, right? So when you wake up, you're like, what, what, what? Where am I? She was saying as a guy, you should be waking up with a purpose, a mission. You're like, you know where you're at. Wow. Where you should be going, but you should not be waking up confused. Wow. Like, apparently that is womanly. Not knowing where you are? Not knowing, like waking up and like being confused. And like still- Women wake up confused? So dumb, they want you to wake up. Be careful, them. man. I don't know they about want that. You, yo, yo, they want you to wake up next to them. As and if you're reassuring <clears throat> them that it's like, you know where you are in your purpose in life and you're safe. Yeah, it's just gonna like you wake up, you you stand up, like you you're you're not disoriented when you wake up. Apparently, if you wake up disoriented, that's a very womanly trait. Hmm. Never heard so, of that. So that gives them the ick. Okay. So for you, the ick here in DC is this is like the chick was not being competitive. Oh, so so it kind of like turned you off. Yeah, you know the ick for me is like when I shake someone's hand and I feel oh, like the limp hand, the limp hand, yeah. like oh, and they're on the wrist. Yeah, but you know, for for Natalie too, I remember like that's just like that's women. So I just whether even a women when they do that, it's like oh, they like the wrist is broken or like oh, yeah, get like, that away from me. It gives you like the ick, like mm-hmm. I guess the ickiness throughout ick, your whole yeah, body. It's like it chills. Yeah, like yeah. I think sometimes too it's cultural because I think even with uh, in the Islamic culture. You know, the women are supposed to be very, you know, extra conservative. So even if like I'm with my husband and I'm shaking under the man's hand, I have to just hold it just for a second. So I don't give him any ideas mm. that I'm doing. So I get that. Yeah. But, um, but you know what I'm saying? There's no excuse to the dude doing that. Yeah. Like yeah, guys, if you, if you haven't figured out a handshake, I don't care what sexual orientation you are. It has nothing to weak. do with that. It's weak. Yeah. You're sending the wrong signal to guy. I don't care. You're pansexual. I don't care if you're bisexual. I don't care what the hell you are. If you're, if, if you're, if, if, you're, if, you're guy. if you're a guy, I don't care what orientation, what pronouns, whatever sit to learn to shake a hand. It'll go a long way. Yeah, if we're doing a deal together and you shake my hand like that, mm. I feel like I can take advantage of you. Of course. <laughs> 
<laughs> you just feel like the person's weak. The person's weak. If his handshake is weak or her hand, like their character has to be weak, which mm-hmm. means their mindset might be weak. I could break you. Yeah. Like legit, we negotiate. I am legit running circles yeah. over you. Yeah. So we shake hands. You're supposed to be like this. You look at each other in your eye, get a nice... Like just, oh, sorry about the, the respect I just had for you in that handshake. I'm like, I am in for a battle with this guy. And like, and so it's a friendly, healthy way. Yeah. You know? yeah. And you want and, that. And you squeeze it like you, you squeeze it in a nice, stern way. Not like You're not breaking the dude's hand or anything like that. And again, I just say, again, it doesn't matter pronoun, sex orientation, all that stuff too. Mm. I'm just saying, you just, women too. Like I try to teach my girls too, like handshake. But I'm just saying for our culture stuff, if you're a guy with a with a li- like girls can get away with a limp handshake. I'm mm. sorry, it's just the way it is. It's feminine. Guys, yeah. I'm sorry, you do not get away with it. Yeah, that's it just how doesn't you, happen. That's how you lose the broskies yeah. real quick. Yeah. Um going back to the um perfectly imperfect, one thing I realized in in real estate, there's this culture of seeming perfect all the time. All the and time. I and I notice this with a lot of realtors. And um one of the key things that you mentioned to us early on is that you know, the average realtor does like one or two deals a year, right? But, oh, yeah. but the, the, the optics of it, right, is they seem so perfect. And I wanted to know from you, yeah, what I, created this culture of seeming as if you're the perfect realtor? I don't, I don't know what happened when, I, even I, when I started too, it was like, everyone, like, it was always worried about like, oh, your, your image is your brand. Yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. make sure that you want to portray the best sign yourself. And that, I think that's what it is because- mm-hmm. If you work for a company, it's the company that takes like most of the, not the criticism or whatever the brand stands. There's something to stand behind, right? Mm-hmm. So with me, I'm like with Royal Page, but it's David Chanel, a DC brand. So you want to make sure everything's polished and you want to show the best version of yourself. I think that's where it came from. But I found it different because I thought the reason with the advent of using more videos and live streams mm-hmm. and like my recordings, you've seen the ones that are on, not on the podcast, but I do the ones on a daily basis. So that's if that's just me talking. I get a better response rate than things that are much more polished <clears throat> mm-hmm. because it's the real you. People resonate better with you. So it's a mindset that people think that you have to show this. I have to be a millionaire. Like I have to show the bling and all that stuff to other people. Yeah, Ryan Serhant type of energy. Yeah, but it, the funny thing is you turn off a lot of people. And I think a lot of, like, a lot of times that people are in the mindset, you'll fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Well, that only goes so far, right? Like, I, I you have to be authentic and and be yourself because then once people meet you in real life, that whole perfect persona fades away. Mm. I had a friend of mine; she's in our book. She finally, you know, she finally started doing videos. Like, I remember they were we were we were talking. And I remember sitting down beside her, like the champions and stuff too. And she's like, "Oh, I can do videos." Mm. And she, she goes, "Like, she knows I was doing videos. I was just starting to do them." And she goes, "But you do them all the time." And then, like, how do you do it? And I'm like, "You just do it, right? You just start doing it." And then I continue doing it, and then my business started to grow because, because of what things I was portraying. And her whole thing was, it's like, well, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound. I don't like this. And I was like, but your imperfections make you who you are. Mm-hmm. And you're beautiful. And no matter what you're doing, that makes you perfect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That makes yeah. you perfectly you. That makes you perfectly you. The scars on my face. How I have over here, like there, I was this side, I forget which side I got. I got jumped by, long story short, I got, got jumped. I got jumped by a guy who was on steroids and cocaine. We went to, and during my MBA, and I have a scar on one of my eyes. You, when I close my eyes, you can kind of see the scar tissue. And we were at um, my friend's party with his girlfriend. And it was like his girlfriend's 
um, brother's friend. It's like this big bodybuilder. Again, he was on a bunch of steroids and cocaine. I didn't know at the time. You guys just like sipping beer. I didn't know. Like, I mean, we were civil. Yeah. But my buddy wasn't feeling well. Like, and I was, I was helping his girlfriend, Sarah. We were trying to find him. And we were just kind of hanging out. And I had a girlfriend at the time with me. So we're ready to leave. All of a sudden he goes, hey man, come here for a second. I said, sure. The big guy tells you this. Yeah. And I said, hey, what's going on? And I'm listening in. He goes, I don't like the way you've been following with Sarah. I like all night to like, I don't appreciate that. So what are you talking about? By the time I looked up, he just started wailing on me. And my hands were behind my back. I remember, and he had beat me up like, because he was a boxer. And again, I was drunk at the time, you know, like we were out partying all night. And he literally, my face blew up like this. He beat the shit out of me. Damn, bro. Yeah. And it was, and I went to charge him. You what? You wanted to? Well, I went to? to the cops to charge. He was going to charge. And then the cops were like, yeah, like they were going to charge him, throw him in jail because he jumped an innocent person. No, they did too. And actually, my friend's brother was actually going to put a hit on him, but that was a different story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we won't get into like, that's legit. He almost wanted to like literally kill him, not figuratively because he had some connection. I'm like, I don't want the guy to be whacked. I'm like, no, he just, listen, he was drunk and high and steroids. Just all teach that him shit. a lesson. Just teach him a lesson. So he called and apologized. Like, listen, I was out of my mind. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I'm like, listen, just, I was there to make sure I put you on record to make sure mm-hmm. this doesn't happen again. Anyway, why am I telling you this story? Mm-hmm. Well, I have a scar on my face or when I, when every time, if you look at it now, when I squint my eyes, you can see it. The scar tissue never went away. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that too, but that makes me me. My nose is busted. If you see over here, like I have a bump on one side, the other side, I'm supposed to get it fixed, deviated septum. I've been trying to get it fixed. I broke my nose like nine times. From hockey? Never from hockey. Surprisingly. <laughs> from, being, from being a stupid idiot. Like This is back in university? No, or? before. I broke my nose the first time I was in grade four. Okay. I've had the bump since grade four. Mm. Yeah. It used, to be, it used to look like this. Mm. And it's flat. And then we were playing ball hockey and I hit a kid from behind and his head came and snapped and hit my nose and Mm-hmm. Cartilage got shoved up and broke it. Yeah, and I've been ruckus. The last time I broke my nose, <laughs> I was a rookie in university. And day before pictures, the seniors, it was a Sunday night, university, playing hockey in university. And the, the seniors were doing bar dives. And the freshmen had to hold their hands like this. And they're bar diving into our hands. Well, one of my buddies jumped. One of the seniors jumped and he kicked and hit my nose. And I headbutted my guy beside me, split my nose right across the bridge. Blood was pouring here, all out here. It was at the bar. Yeah, it was at the bar. Man. Uh, just doing stupid stuff, right? Just like, just again, hockey players, right? So anyway, like, and I've thought about changing my nose. You know, it'll change my voice. It'll change everything. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I've heard people changing the deviated septums and not even helping. It's like, but that also kind of makes me me, right? So yeah, my nose is not perfect. And it's, it's bumpy. <laughs> it's kind of it's big i make mm-hmm. fun of hey listen it's a big nose i get it but the imperfections make david chanelli who's david chanelli is right yeah yeah but let me let me challenge you on that so for like perfectly imperfect there's guys who are imperfect they might be five six five five uh they're short they're stout and they can't change that about themselves and those provide them a limitation into the things that can gain them respect for example taller guys tend to gain a lot of respect from men and women shorter guys who you're short you're balding you can't do anything about that Mm -hmm. what is your take on that and what's your advice to those people who are dealing with things that they're just you got dealt a bad hand in life you know what i'm saying well we've talked about loving yourself no matter what yeah so that's the first step so 
Do you know who Danny DeVito is? It sounds familiar. He's, a, he's an actor from like when I was a kid in the eighties stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, he was like, he was on all these TV shows, this short little guy, I guess. What do you know? Was, was he on taxi? Or was he on? And then he wasn't. So he married the uh, Rhea from cheers. He played the penguin in one of the Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Like you see if these, if you know, if you Google Danny DeVito, you know, who he is. Yes. He's in Matilda. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's in a whole bunch of things. So anyways, he's short, bald and fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's made a huge career. Out of ex- because that was a rule that he needed to fulfill. In this game of life, there are certain rules of which you can fulfill. Mm-hmm. Also, know your expectations. Like, not set your expectations, but maybe there's a, somebody who's perfectly for you that was looking for that. There's people that have that are maybe attracted to you that, but you're not going to be attracted to somebody who's dealt a bad card in any kind of sense, or they feel they've built a dad card, and you're sitting and wallowing in it. Now, it's easy enough for us to say, you know, maybe we're, we're healthy. Like, like, I've talked to my brother about this before who had the spine of bifida. I'm like, listen, you're dealt a bad card, but nothing's changed in 51 years. It's not going to change. So you have to learn how to deal with that. Figure out what's, how can you use this to your advantage, right? Now, if you're losing your hair, you can get hair plugs, get some money. There's, there's ways around there too. What's that? You can go, you go to, to Turkey. Turkey, yeah. But there's my my, my old neighbor did. Like, his hair looks great. Yeah. If you're fat and overweight, there's some people that have. There's certain things that you can do to help you out. Like that, if there's you know there's some people that are prone to obesity, they can eat the same calories as we do, but they'll get they'll continue to get fat. But there are doctors help that. Ozempic helps that. There's other things to do to help that. Uh, there's now a new surgery to make you taller, mm-hmm. right? But things that can't help. But like if you're born without limbs, you know there's AI stuff to help you with that. Anyway, there's there's certain things you can do, I guess, at that point, but. Is that going to make you fulfilled? Again, you've heard about people having reassignment surgery, thinking that that's going to fulfill them, and then they still have the highest, like more than fifty percent, still commit suicide mm-hmm. because they thought that the surgery was going to help them. Yeah. Until, I guess you accept who you are and love who you are. Like, it's hard for somebody else to do that as well, right? Like, so your first step needs to be accepting all that kind of stuff. What can I change? What can I not change? Persevere, push towards those goals, but also know that there you can have a partner that loves you who you are. You probably find your friends and family that love you or surround yourself with positive energy and you'd be surprised how mm. all of a sudden the something that you thought was a, cru- a crutch holding you back mm-hmm. is no longer there anymore. Mm. Are there those uh, moments where you've shared those imperfections that you have uh, that perhaps you haven't shared them on the podcast or with yeah. that have led to positive outcomes for you? Well, I just shared with my nose and my face and the things nose, like yeah. that. Those are a couple of things. Like, you know, also like, doesn't matter how much weight I lose. I always have like the round of belly fat on me. I just can never like. I've it's like stubborn. It. Yeah, it just won't leave, right? I remember I dropped down to 180 pounds up too. And it was like, I got abs and it's like, it just drives me nuts. And my wife would always look, she goes, why do you care so much? And I'm like, I don't know, just one of my insecurities. So the reason why that helps me is I like, you know, I think somebody's still pulled together and I, we still have insecurities. So mm-hmm. if I have those insecurities, I know other people do too. Mm-hmm. And it's not to attack them, but it also just makes them human as well. Yeah. So it's it's knowing that none of us are perfect. And it's also hard for me to accept that. I still want to have the perfect body. I'm 45, I'm going to be 46. You're still pushing. I still want to push it. I still want to feel like, although I feel better. I feel probably better now than I did when I was in like 25, 30. Yeah. Um, but that being said, it's like, you know, at some point it's like you, you have to accept the, some, some things and be like, okay, like it's like, I'm, I may not get that. And I'm like, but other people, if I'm putting all this work and I'm not getting there too, other people are probably doing the same thing. And it's, it's okay. It makes us, that makes us perfectly imperfect. Mm-hmm. You know, like <clears throat> knowing that we're all in this battle together, that none of us are perfect. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's um, we're not in a culture where, as you said earlier, like with the social medias and everything, you're seeing a lot more. And I can't speak to them, but just what I'm seeing is there's this culture of girls getting BBLs. Uh, I fucking hate BBLs. Lip injections. Oh. Uh, they look so <clears throat> fake. Oh, my God. They look like. Uh, Wait, like girl, a, girl, stop. Stop a BBL. Have you seen the girls? I don't understand this. Like, it looks so fake. Like, they have this butt. It goes like this and it goes round. So it goes round and the two little like pencils sticking out of it. It looks, it looks, it looks weird. They're pushing P Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, dude. It's just uh, to me. And I, I just, I don't find that attractive whatsoever. You don't like BBLs? What if not? Nat, really. What if Nat says she wants to get a BBL? She wouldn't do that. Yeah. She would never do it. She wouldn't do it. She just doesn't find it. I'm like, she did. I'm like, fine. Like, it's, it's, but I guess depending on the level you go. But like I've seen the like the uh, yeah, rotation. Yeah, yeah. Some girls like so some breast implants and like you know if they're not, it's not too huge. I'm mm. talking about the weird looking BBL. They just look like there's no taste to it. Right. So a BBL <clears throat> would be okay if it's just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just add some plump. But then always we always see that they, it just gets extreme. Yeah. And it's like, and then it looks, and the problem is that you get like body dysphoria, mm-hmm. which you don't realize it looks odd. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. me and the girls were walking in the mall the other day and I saw this girl and she was like this lady. Yeah. She was shiny. You know what that means? Shiny. Like her face was so pulled back and so much makeup that the lights are glowing. Like she had so much work done to her. Her lips were blown up so big and like everything like was hitting her. It was, like awesome. a it was shining through. She looked like a light yeah. and it was like, and it was not attractive. Like it was just like, whoa, <laughs> just like looking at her. I'm like. Wow. You know, and I think for these people too, it's like the deeper you go into it, let's say you get work done somewhere, there's this incessant need to continue getting more and more and more. That's body dysphoria. And then you get like, uh, you think you look good, but then when people look at you, you're like, damn, like, you know, their cheeks, their things, they have like, yeah, what's well, like same thing with, well, same thing with tattoos too. They are the people, they're saying tattoos get addictive. You know, they start with one and then. You know, next thing you know, their whole arms are done, then the leg, and then it just goes on and you on. You want the on. steroids too, right? Steroids it's is like, huge. You well, how many women jackets. have you seen that? They, uh, they, oh, there's a couple of bodybuilders. They, well, they, they do it for a living, but for even guys, they get too jacked and it's like, they can't even wipe their own ass. Mm. Like, at what point do you see it? enough and is enough. Yeah. Yeah. And their poor penises are like this big because there's so much steroids and like, they're so tiny. It's Wait, like, is it even worth it at that point? I don't know. Then why are you doing it? Like, if you can't crush a chick, but you're Jack. Like, what are you getting jacked for? <laughs> What's funny? I was watching that meme too, and it's like, what girls think guys are getting jacked for each other and realize they're getting jacked. They start getting jacked for girls and like realize they're just getting jacked for the boys because they want to live together and look big. It's true, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get that either. I'm like, I'm, yeah, no. no yeah. I, I, it's, but again, it's, it's body dysphoria. Like, I just don't see it. It's, it's, it's a, tr- it's a real thing. Right? Yeah. And that's what I'm seeing too. Like, um, this perfection. And I think social media has definitely expedited that whole process. And uh, even with men too, I think with men, we play more status games than the physical games. I think the older we get, like, ah, I'm not 24, yeah. 23. Like, I'm not going to be looking deezed, but oh yeah, he's making more money than me. Oh, he has a better house. So he drives a better car, right? Do you see that with men amongst your age? Like they're perfectly trying to curate because I feel like mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a pressure you get as you get older and you're supposed to be established at some level. But amongst your peers, you might feel like you're behind. Um, you're in that bracket. Now. I find more of the females do that than the guys. I think uh, more guys than more females than, than yeah. Like I, I like I, I don't know. Maybe it's my circle of friends. I could say we don't always push because we just kind of comfortable. We're like maybe it's because we surround ourselves with like-headed people. Like we're just when we're doing well. Yeah, we buy nicer cars and stuff. The guys that aren't there. We're like we're not 
all over them and they're like, oh, they're dream cars. I guess, but I can see other people doing that. Mm-hmm. I think it comes to the level of the people you surround yourself with. The, the more superficial you are with your friendships than with here, the more that that plays into factor. So yeah, I do see it, but they're not my circle of friends, so it doesn't affect me. So you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, so sometimes like even realtors do these school, they see some of these douche guys and stuff. They have to drive a nice car. You see them on Instagram doing all like this money thing or like, look, look, look. Like I drive a nice car, but I hardly ever show my car on there. Like I don't like, we did it one time because Adam was like, we were at a clinic, he goes, hey, why don't we just do a shot with this? And I'm like, okay, we'll do my car. You know what I mean? It was just one thing. Like you it was, did it reluctantly. Well, kind of. I was like, oh, he goes, I just have an idea. Can we do it? I'm like, sure. Again, I'm, I drive, you know, I drive a Porsche Panamera. Like it's a nice car. It's not oh, a, yeah. not a Ferrari. It's not the high end 911s. It's not like it's, it's, it's a, it's a good car. It's a family car, believe it or not. It's a nice car again, but I was just like, but I'm not. You know, I'm not flexing or any of that kind of shit on that or doing that kind of stuff too. It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I just like the car. Right. But again, mm-hmm. it's, but I, do I see other realtors doing that that make less money or like have less deals or probably in the, the lower, like probably the lower echelon. Oh yeah. We see that all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time they're faking it till they make it. And like, sometimes you just don't make it and you just wasted all this money faking it. Yeah. Why don't you spend some time on your clients and like get to know them, make them Let's really dope. Door, knock some doors, yeah. get some clients, do the nitty yeah. gritty work. Yeah. I didn't go, I didn't do it the other way. I didn't, I didn't get a nice car and then get clients. You got clients when you got a nice yeah, car. Like that was, it was more of a reward. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't drive the flashiest car. It's a nice car, but it's a 2020 now. And it's like, I love it. I don't need a brand new car. I don't need to upgrade to a $300,000, $200,000 car. It's nice. You know, like anyway, I just, I just say my, I do see it, but my circle of friends, maybe that's why, maybe that's why we, we, we like, we're always looking to you know, keep within our means, I guess, and stuff mm-hmm. to not have to do that stuff because no one, none of our circle of friends, I don't think are doing that. Mm. You know, as we work towards wrapping up, right? Already, eh? I, I was enjoying this convo. Um, <clears throat> Isaac's like, yeah, I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac's ready to hit the road. Uh, how can, talk, since, uh, and this pressure of being perfect starts from a young age. Um, how can parents and educators create an environment to encourage growth rather than perfection? So I think the problem we've had before is not letting our kids fail. Mm-hmm. Not putting red marks on your like exam or something like that too, and teaching them how to fail. So it's like, I think we have to have a culture of teaching our kids how to fail, how they don't make a sports team. Not everybody's uncles. No one gets a ribbon. I think that is better than about the perfection stuff because you show them that you're not perfect all the time. You're not going to win no matter what. Not that, because the world is not perfect. So I think that's what we need to get back to. We need to get back to teaching our kids things aren't going to go your way all the time, and that's okay. But build on it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't think it does our kids any service when you're, everyone goes to a track meet and everybody gets the same ribbon, right? Because that means you're perfect. Oh, you did everything right. Everyone knows, oh, you did you, you did you perfectly. That's what it says to me. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, you know what? You could do better next time and doing this. And, or, or you did great this time, you get rewarded for it. And it's like, I think that is the culture we need to instill more. Having more failure. And that way it also prepares you for life because life's not perfect. Mm-hmm. You're going to fail in life. You're not going to get every job you go to. You can't bring mom and dad with you to your performance appraisal, which I found out actually happens in, happened in an RBC from a 25-year-old man, brought his mom into his performance appraisal. Yeah. 
His mom, she worked in the company. But yeah, he brought his mother in and his boss with him. She's like, uh, you can't be here. He's like, oh, it's okay. It's my son. She's like, he's 25 years old. Imagine bringing your mother in. It's a grown man. Isaac, did you hear me that? Bringing your mom into your performance appraisal at your career. This isn't elementary school anymore. Even in high school, did we even do that? No. I thought it was weird <coughs> when Natalie was saying when she used to work at Gas and sometimes her 18-year-old uh, um, workers, employees, sometimes get their mother to call in sick for them. She's like, uh, no, she's older than 18. She can call in and call in sick herself. You're her mother. But no, it's getting bad, bud. It's getting bad. If her teacher's like coming and having parent-teacher interviews and parents changing their marks because they want their kids to have better grades, that's not teaching them anything. Like literally. I, my, Jason Pereira was telling me this before, like at his, at his wife's school, like they're having a, his, her friend was having a parent teacher interview and like the, the parents weren't happy with the grades. He's like, yeah, but your son didn't or didn't do this, this, this. They're like, well, what do you want me to give? Like jokingly, like you want to change the grades? They're like, sure. They took the, her pet and changed all of his grades. How's that teaching your kid how to fail? That's giving the wrong culture. You're perfect in my eyes. Mm-hmm. No, that's not perfect. That's a fake perfection, just like an Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, if you could sum up the beauty of embracing imperfections in one piece of advice, what would it be? You're imperfect. Embrace you. Love you. Just love you. Love you. Like the way I love you, DC. I love you too, brother. All right. And but that- if you don't love yourself, other people, it's hard for other people to love you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> now I've seen the thing on your side of your eye. You see it now, eh? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I never noticed it was impressive. I notice it all the time. I don't notice it. Yeah. I just thought it was you. No, I never, it's scar tissue. It's scar tissue. Yeah. Right but it's, it's this side, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's perfect to me. Because that's all you've ever known me for. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it always reminds me what happened. Never let your guard down, even for people you thought you trusted. You know, for me, I wish kind of like my hairline was a little bit like front right here. But did you ever notice that? Yeah. I, 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 I look at you. Yeah. But you're not balding. I'm not balding. It's just like my hairline's pushed. It's pushed. But it makes you you, you, right? Yeah. Well, sorry, before we wrap this up. So do you remember Jennifer Gray? Do you know who Jennifer Gray is? No, who is that? So uh, she was in Dirty Dancing. She was the one with Patrick Swayze in Dirty Dancing. And she was also with Pharaoh Spieler's Day Off as the sister. Bueller. Yeah, exactly. Bueller. So the bigger sister. So she had a very unique face with her nose. It was very unique. And she went and had a nose job. Changed the whole look of her face. She never got any big roles after that because she was no longer unique. What she thought was holding her back was she wasn't perfect when she got the perfect nose. She no longer got hired. She just should have embraced who she was because she was getting gigs that way. Worked against her. Damn. And we'll end on that. End on that, baby. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 56 of the DC Talks podcast. Remember to embrace your imperfections because that's what makes you you. And people actually appreciate that about you. So just learn to embrace it. Be happy. And um, yeah, just enjoy who you are because that's what got you to where you are and you can't change who you are. So embrace it more than anything. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and any other streaming platform that you use to listen to the DC Talks podcast. I've been your generous co-host of the show, Agent Double O, Onosinde. <laughs> now the main man here, the man of the hour, DC Talks. And uh, let's get February, everybody. Yeah. Peace out. See ya.